Matt Hughes, you probably know the accolades by now. National record holder in the steeple with an 811, multiple time world championship finalist, Pan Am gold medalist, Olympic finalist, two time NCAA champion. Well, in 2019, he made a bold move. He left the biggest track and field group in the world of his own accord. Citing the reason that he had fallen out of love with the sport, he picked up, moved to Toronto, and started training with coach Dave Reed and a mix of blue collar runners like Kyle Wyatt and Patty Birch. Things appear to be working for him as well, too, as he's since run PBs in the 5, an indoor 13-13, and the 15. Matt's picking up and getting ready to make a big splash at the Tokyo Games this year with a run of races and a stint at altitude in Europe, and we caught him just hours before he took off. My name is Michael Rokas, and this week on the Terminal Mile, we chat with Matt Hughes. All right, so you you have a brand new uh, shoe and apparel deal uh, with with Hoka One One. You are just hours away from from traveling uh, to Europe. There's a, a lot of really exciting stuff uh, happening on the horizon right now. But uh, I think I'd like to start a couple of years ago. So on July twenty third, twenty nineteen, uh, you announced your departure from the, the Bowerman Track Club, uh, which you know, as many of our listeners will know, is is probably one of the highest profile clubs in the world. Uh, in that post, you, you said that running uh, a previous love of your life ha- had turned into a, a bit of a chore, into a little bit of a, of a job. Now, since then, you, you've moved back to Canada and you've been been training in Toronto. So I, I think that's a good place to start. In, in 2021, what is your relationship uh, with running now? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely took a step back and tried, just tried to like enjoy it a little bit more. I think being uh, in Jerry's group, the Bowerman group um, is, is, was great. And I'll always like look back at my time, pretty time there pretty fondly and the lifelong friends in the group for sure. Um, but yeah, it can be like very stressful being in the group as well. Like you can imagine like being in a group of that many high quality guys, like, it got to the point where like, you know, workouts were harder than races and it was just a stressful environment to be in. And not like, not that it was like stressful to the point where I wasn't enjoying it, but when most of 2018 or yeah, most of 2017 and 18, I spent like away from the group because my fiance moved back to um, Canada due to like visa reasons. So I was doing a lot of like off season work and outside of like being at altitude camps with the guys, I wasn't really training with them or like living and training in Portland. So, um, you know, when, when you like know the quality of the workouts that the guys are doing, it's kind of like incapable of doing those. Like you can't do those workouts solo. Like you need a group to do them. So it was always like, I felt like I was falling behind the group when I wasn't with them. Um, and that like compounded on to like, you know, many other things just, yeah, just like really wasn't enjoying running anymore. And that affected racing. And, um, to the point where, you know, I, I was, I was putting like way too much stock in like how a race should, should go and make me feel emotionally. Um, and you know, if I, if I didn't have a good result, I'd like that, like affect my life outside of running and just like, yeah, it got to the point where I just like, wasn't enjoying just like even like going, just going out for an easy run or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I just made the decision that I needed to, you know, leave the group and, and try to find like the love of running again. And yeah, I got, got back to Toronto and linked up with um, 
Dave Breed, who I've known for many years, and it just kind of fell into uh, to a group with him. And um, as much as like Dave is my coach, I think he's more of like a mentor to me than anything, than real like a coach. Uh, I feel like I'm at the point of my career where I know what I need to do, but you know, bouncing stuff off of Dave and having him bounce stuff off of me has been been really good for me this last two years. Well, first, first of all, I'm I'm really glad to to hear that that you're back enjoying it. Um, you, you know, I'm I'm following along with you on on Strava and there's uh and and on the social media just the group group that that you are uh, you're running with now uh you know a lot of interesting uh people in there all people that that i really like as well uh you know patty birch kate van buskirk who just ran a, a huge sub 15 5000 and uh and yep. uh, kyle kyle wyatt i see him uh jumping into those uh workouts what has that uh, that dynamic been like, and and what what's it like, to, you know, training with with guys who may not have those uh, specific goals that that the Bowerman guys would have had? Yeah, it's been it's been good to be honest. Like I I, I remember joking with like Patty and Dave early on when I first moved back, and um, you know you wake up for these like early morning workouts in Hyde Park, and we kind of have to go early because you know you know, guys like Kyle and Patty have full-time jobs. So, you know, they have to get their workouts out of the way before, you know, before they go to work. And it was funny, like, I, I remember saying to Dave, like, it's hard to show up and complain to guys like Patty who, you know, are going and working full-time after this. Like, I can't really show up and complain that it's, like, cold out or that, you know, it's it's too early or it's raining or stuff like that because, you know, those, those guys don't want to hear it because, you know, the running is, like, their like outlet is like their time to you know have fun and enjoy stuff so like for me to like sit there and complain about what the weather's like or like being too early or stuff like that or it's um you know if for me it just puts things into perspective that you know what i get to do on a daily basis and call running my job is uh, something that i I, sh- I shouldn't and i can't take for granted you, you know, you, you've mentioned Dave, but uh, you, you've had some, some just some fantastic coaches over the years. Uh, you know, uh, Wynn and Jerry, uh, Schumacher and Gmitrowski, uh, you know, really impressive resumes there. You say that that Dave is kind of, uh, you know, he's he's a bit of a mentor to you now. So you have, uh, you know, a lot of autonomy over your training and that sort of stuff. What's some of the stuff that, that you've taken from, you know, Wynn uh, and Jerry uh, that you've that you've, you know, continued to apply to your training now? Um, yeah, I say like with when it's more just like the attention to detail, I think just like have going from college straight to when who like when, when looked at like everything, like from like, not only a coaching level, but also like a, like he was a very high class, um, physiotherapist himself. So I think like looking at stuff from like the lens of, you know, a, a phys- physical therapist as well, um, Uh, was very valuable to me and you know the importance of like you know rest and recovery and planning your travel and um just like all the like minute details that you know the average runner really wouldn't think of but when you get to this level like you need to you know just like little things of like when 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 am i going to travel to europe like i need to get there and then like get a work there in and and rest and recovery and all the things that go behind um uh, work just like running hard and working out at a high level um, definitely took that from win and you know not only win but learned a lot from Nate uh, you know coming from college and just kind of just being a fresh college kid and then you know living and training with Nate full-time in Scottsdale and Flagstaff you know learning a lot from Nate was was crucial in my early development as a professional 
Um, and then with, uh, yeah, with Jerry, um, yeah, with Jerry, it was, yeah, I, I think, like, Jerry, like, there's no secrets to Jerry's training. I think that's what I learned, like, really early on after joining the group is, like, there wasn't any, like, secret sessions that he had or, like, you know, yeah, there was no secrets to Jerry's training. It was just hard training all the time. And if you survived the training, you got really fit and you raced at a really high level. But um, um, there were some, like, key, you know, steeplechase sessions that I that I took from him and maybe even 5K sessions that we took from him that, you know, on paper isn't anything crazy. And, and most of the guys that are, like, in the top of the world are probably doing them. Um, but, yeah, just the stuff that I, you know, with, with Wynn, Wynn came from more of, like, a speed um and uh and not as much strength training you know having coach gary reed and then and then coaching nate and more 1500 meter guys when i trained with when i trained with win like not that i didn't run like a lot of volume and high mileage but a lot of the workouts were you know we never really never really went beyond race distance in workouts where with jerry you know if you're doing you know, a steeplechase session, it's it's normally 5K with a volume, or if you're doing a 1,500-meter session, it's usually, you know, 3K with a volume or something like that, um, where with win, um, it was, you know, if you're doing a steeplechase session, it's usually net, not much over 3K, and then vice versa if you're doing 5K or 1,500-meter sessions. So, um, yeah, Jerry just, um, you know, pre- like, I guess maybe you could say, like, push the boundaries a little bit more of, of what he, like, trying to squeeze out of his athletes. You know, you mentioned the 5,000 there, and I, I think that's the, the direction I'd like to take in next because uh, such a pivotal race for you uh, was, you know, I, I think it was like really your first really big race, uh, you know, after leaving the group was was a, a 13-13-5,000 uh, indoors, which is, is just a, a ripping fast time, but, but a big PB for you at the time as well, too. You know, in your reaction to that race, uh, you know, you were talking about having this lingering feeling that, that your best racing days were behind you prior to running that race. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like you to expand on that a little bit more. What what did that that indoor thirteen thirteen uh, mean to you? Uh, you know, as far as your racing now. Um, yeah, no, it was great. I think um, it showed that you know, there's like you know the analogy. There's like there's you know, my, I, don't know, I got this from like my grandfather, but like, there's, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat or something. Like, I don't know what the analogy is, but like, there's, you can, you can go about something differently. And I think, you know, and I don't know if it's just like the way, you know, Jerry's philosophy is or the way the athletes kind of like attract to Jerry. But I think some people within that group think that you can't be successful without doing it Jerry's way. And, and, um, and it was it was it was good for me to prove to myself and, and and it was good for for dave and and everyone involved in my training that you know we we you can do it a different way and um and, and it's not like i didn't have like you know i had success with win and before jerry but um yeah i think it was it was nice to know that the training that we had done throughout the fall and then in flagstaff um last year leading into into that 5k at bu um we'd done a ton of really good stuff and um you know it was nice for it to pay off in the form of a of a pb so um yeah just nice knowing that everything that we we thought we were doing right was uh and you know worked out you, you know i th- i think what a lot of running fans um what they've identified with you on is is 
your career, it, you know, when, when you take to the track, you approach it so honestly, you know, hard on your sleeve sort of, sort of thing. You know, whenever we see you uh, spike up, we, we know that you're going to go out there and you're going to do what you can to win. Now, now kind of with, with that thought of, you know, thinking that, that your best days are behind you, that, that's, that seems to be a, a little bit of a conflict there. Um, you, you know, how, how are you handling races, uh, you know, at, at that time? Was, was there the thought of retirement, uh, you know, at that time? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I, I necessarily believe that, like, in, like, I guess, like, maybe knowing that, like, I probably already hit my peak, but in terms of, like, knowing, like, can I still PB? Like, I, I, I no doubt that, that I can PB. And, you know, I think I showed that last year having, having PB'd in the 5K, and I still think there's a little bit more room there to PB as well in the 5K and getting in a, you know, into a good race at the right time, the right fitness. Yeah. You know, a lot of things need to line up for you to PB, but you know, I, I know having done the work with Jerry, like I, I don't think my, my true fitness ever showed in that group, whether it was just bad luck, you know, I, I felt like near the end there in Jerry's group, I, I just seemed to get like, you know, little like banged up and niggles just at the wrong time. So, um, you know, I just, I know from like personally from like doing workouts that, and, and I, I don't really love to say like, oh, I ran this workout. So it means I, I, I should have been able to race this time, but you know, I, I'm still PBing in a lot of workouts still. And, um, which, which shows, yeah, there's, there's room to PB still and, and potentially the 1500. If you get into the right race, I, I still believe that I can break 810 given getting into the right race at the right time. So, um, I know, I don't necessarily think my, you know, and I guess in a roundabout way, maybe my best days are behind me because, you know, I might not be able to ultimately reach the potential that I maybe had at, you know, 28, 29, but I, I still think during those, during those years of my life, I don't think I really squeezed out the, men, the maximum potential out of myself or, or, you know, got hurt at the wrong time and, and didn't, wasn't able to capitalize on some of the fitness I had back then but you know having said that again I'll say I still think I can I can run quicker than than some of my PBs are so uh you, you know we we can't go uh, too much longer without mentioning brand new shoe contract uh with Hoka One One um a little bit of a different feel to those shoes than, than what you were running in before uh what's that what's that transition been like and you know uh you know what what's what's grabbed you so far uh from from their line yeah, it's great. It's like, you know, when when I was with Nike, you're kind of just like a small fish in a big pond. And, you know, Nike's not only in running. They have, they're across, like, almost all sports, right? So now it kind of just feels like you're, you're part of just a small family uh, with Hoka just being, you know, strictly just in running. But, um, yeah, you know, I've only been with them for a few months now, so you're still kind of feeling out the relationship process and definitely still – trying to figure out, you know, what are the best training shoes for me? And then, you know, racing spikes, they, the, the prototypes that they have now are, are fairly good. I don't think they're, they're at the level of Nike yet, but you know, the, the company is willing to try to get there and, and work with their athletes, which is encouraging because there, there are a lot of shoe companies that, um, you know, can't swallow the pride and, and feel like they need to, to pump out something better for their athletes. So, you know, the, 
they're they're willing to work with their athletes and yeah and um yeah i i think it's just a good change for me where where i'm at with my life now like winding down the end of my career being with a with a smaller company and hopefully i can help them develop some stuff on the track is you know this is they haven't quite been a company that's had success on the track so i think they're trying to to um you know have some athletes have success there so if i can be one of those athletes that help propel the brand in that direction then then that would be awesome uh, you know, before I forget, uh, big congratulations on your, your first sub 340, 1500 meter last year, uh, happened in a, in a Euro trip for you, uh, for you last year during the, the, the COVID pandemic, of course, we're still there and, uh, you're hours away from, from taking off for, for Europe again, uh, looking at your schedule looks like two steeples, uh, another shot at the 1500 there, uh, as well too, as well as some, some time in St. Moritz. Uh, what, what are the big goals for this trip? What are you, uh, what are you hoping to achieve by the time you leave? Um, yeah, I think just, you know, getting in some more steeples, I think just the way the year set up last year, there was really only the one opportunity at Monaco, which was, you know, a shame. I I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to run faster, but, you know, hindsight looking back now, um, it's really hard to to open up with your first steeple and really have a banger, especially the way that that race kind of set up. Like um, the pacing was kind of up and down throughout the first K, so uh, or even like the first two K, really. But you know, last year the focus was more just trying to work on the foot speed and get quicker over fifteen hundred meters. Um, you know, Dave. David said at the beginning of the year, you know, if you're going to, and this was even before like the Olympics got canceled. You know, we're talking with him in the fall and going into last year. Um, it was, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, get faster in the steeple, we need to get faster in the 1500 meters. And um, so a lot of the work going in into the spring and then into the summer was the focus on just getting in, you know, a bunch of 1500s and seeing how how quick we can go. So, um, you know, stringing together like three 1500s back to back, like I think three weeks in a row last summer was was good for me because I just the way you know, kind of I train. I, I'm definitely more of come from like the endurance side so if you're looking at the 3k i feel like i'm more of like a 3k 5k runner than a 3k 1500 runner so for me i feel like i need a you know three four 1500 meters in a row before i finally you know feel like i'm ready to you know peak in that in that distance so yeah getting the opportunity to run a bunch back to back last year was fun and something i'd never really done before you know even even with jerry and then with wind i would only really ever run one maybe two 15s a year and it was always at the beginning of the season when you're not really sharp and ready to run a fast 15 so it was definitely fun to do that last year and and finally be rewarded with a time that i know i was capable of um, for a long time. So that, so that was fun, but yeah, going into this year, uh, definitely way more steeple focused with, you know, Gateshead on the weekend and then trying to just fit a 1500 meter in between Gateshead and Rome. And, uh, the idea there was just to have something that kind of feels like a prelim and a final. That's not really that, you know, we're just kind of setting up, uh, you know, Gateshead is on the 23rd, this, small 15 in Manchester will be on the 27th and you know this is something you know you asked me that question of like what I take from when you know this is something that like I would kind of have taken from when where you just like you like how can you um how can you create a scenario that's like a prelim and a final and it's you know racing gates head and then trying to find a race you know that's 
you know, within a couple of days. So you kind of get that, that you, that feel of racing, you know, two qu- high quality races, even though it's not a steeple, you know, it, you put your body through the process of, you know, a, a shakeout the day before the race. And then, you know, you go through the race, you know, warm up and all that. And you just like, you're, you're creating an environment um, that's going to hopefully set up to what um, Tokyo feels like in a prelim and a, and a, and a final scenario. So that was important to me and Dave to try to find that during this trip. And then, um, yeah, the the next Diamond League in, in Rome slash Florence is just an, hopefully another good opportunity at uh, trying to run a fast time and, and racing the guys that I'm going to be racing against in Tokyo. And hopefully, you know, the more you race them, the more you learn about them. And the more you can learn about them, the the better chance you have of beating them. So, um, yeah, that's the that, that's the plan behind those three races. Oh, you, you know, you, you mentioned the, uh, the, the fun that you had last summer. Uh, you're forgetting one though. And I, I actually watched it back this morning was, uh, was the, the Instagram video of you, uh, running a, a four flat mile, um, somewhere in Toronto. I'm not exactly sure. Yep. What was that? Yeah, yeah. Just, just, uh, yeah, that's just a war- like, um, so it's just a, a little bike path, rail path, um, that's close to my house that I, uh, that I do a lot of my, um, afternoon or evening doubles on um so yeah i just remember you know running it last year before i left and joking with dave that um it would be uh it would be fun to it would be fun to run a mile on this because it's like uh you know it's slightly downhill um and um the finish line's like right out of brewery so i was joking with them it would be fun to be fun to set up a road race here where you finish and then you know have the brewery sponsored or something like that would be fun kind of cool so yeah i got back from europe last year uh yeah quarantined for two weeks and then did a couple like kind of just you know, get out in high park, did a couple workouts. And then we, uh, just tried to see if, uh, if the fitness had kind of carried over from the quarantine and, uh, um, yeah, it was just a fun way to kind of end the season. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Oh yeah. And that was a lot of fun powered by potato chips too. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, you were pretty uh, public on your thoughts, uh, for the games last year saying that, uh, that Canada pulling out before the games got, got postponed was, was just a responsible thing to do. Uh, now we're here in 2021. There's, uh, you know, there's some uneasiness reported in the host country among citizens and, and volunteers. How, how are you feeling now about about the 2021 games in regard to you know COVID protocols and, and how the how the the host uh, nation feels? Yeah, I mean it's tough because you you're not there, right? So you can't really see what it's like on the ground level, and you only read what's kind of reported. And you know, having having been in the middle of like the shit show that's going on in Ontario right now. It's hard to know, you know, what, what's true and what's false media coming out from Tokyo. So it's, it's really hard to tell, but, um, you know, having gone through racing in Europe last year in the middle of the pandemic, I, I, I see that it can work. You know, you go to these races, you're getting tested, you, everyone's wearing a mask, everyone's abiding by protocols. So, you know, it can work, you know, the Olympics is a totally different animal having, you know, so many people coming in, but you know, you, if, if you're not going to have international fans, you're not going to have, you know, thousands and, you know, possibly millions of people traveling to the country. It's just going to be the athletes. And, you know, hopefully by time Tokyo rolls around, you know, a lot of the, you know, you look at, you know, 
I imagine every single American athlete's going to be vaccinated. All the UK is going to be vaccinated. Uh, I've been vaccinated. It sounds like most uh, Canadian athletes who have been either living or training in the States has been vaccinated. So, um, you know, it, it sounds like it could be tough for these third world countries that are coming in without vaccines, but, you know, hopefully they're getting tested before they come in. And um, it sounds like the Olympic the Olympics have already announced that if you don't have a vaccine coming in, that you can get one there. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, it can and it will work if it happens. And I think everyone just needs to, you know, play by the same rules and, and, and abide by protocols. But it, it, it can happen and hopefully it does. And hopefully it, hopefully it can be successful and we can just, you know, put code behind us and, and get back to reality, I guess. You know, ramping up towards the Olympics, uh, some really cool stuff happening uh, in the Siebel right now in Canada. Uh, you've got Ryan Smeen, you've got J.S. Degania, we've got, uh, you know, John Gay all all doing some some really cool stuff. Uh, you At this point, you've seen some, seen some highs and, and some lows in the event in Canada. How is uh, how's, how's the, the scene looking? How, how's this uh, how's this crop of guys uh, looking right now? Yeah, it's nice to see some young guys coming up in, in, in the event. Um, that I think they'll they'll be very successful. You know, you you know I hope I hope we have a couple more of them hit the time and qualify, not just on points. It'd be nice to see them dip under eight twenty and and get the time and officially qualify. That would be cool. But um, yeah, it's cool to see a, you know a young group of guys. Um, you know, when I got started out as a professional, you know, we had strong guys. It was, you know, it was me, Chris Winters, Alex Janay, and then and then Taylor Milne later on. But um, you know, it's it's nice having having potentially three and even four guys at the standard, it, it just like, it just shows that we have depth in the event again. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see. So yeah, really pulling for those guys and hope that they can hit the time qualifier here in the next month or so. You know, in all your interviews, you've, you've come across it as a very focused guy. So I, I can't imagine you're, you're thinking much beyond, uh, you know, Tokyo 2021 20, uh, right now. Uh, with that being said, you, you mentioned you're, you're more of a, a three, five guy. Uh, you know, you've put down some, some strong fives now, uh, as far as the future goes, are you looking towards, uh, you know, um, I guess, uh, extending that, that race, race length that, you know, uh, looking, looking up in distance. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for sure. Definitely not thinking too hard past Tokyo but you know it, it does pop into your head every now and again and uh, yeah the plan as of now is obviously all the focus is on Tokyo but um, you know with world champs being in Eugene next year I think obviously that would be a great way to end my career um, you know it, it's funny you know I, I look at you know the first time I made my my world championship chip um, debut as a senior was in in 2011 in Daegu and now we're in 2021, so it's it's it. You know, if I make that team next year, it'll be over a decade of making um, international teams as a senior, which is kind of crazy to think about. I, I didn't think my career would last this long, and you know, I've been you know I've been blessed with with not only good health to make it this long, but you know the ability to you know have have sponsorship, have the ability to finance my career. So. Um, yeah, the plan would be to hopefully run through to Eugene uh, on the track and then potentially uh, try a marathon in uh, 2023. And then, you know, if I if it goes well, maybe you look at look at 2024. But um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'll uh, I'll see how maybe the roads go. And, you know, maybe it's my thing. Maybe it's not. But I'm not putting a ton of pressure on myself 
um, after after I leave the track. Are, are we calling this the, the the Rob Watson double then? The uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving from the steeple to the marathon. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess that that would be the plan. I, yeah, you know, like I I. I just look at, you know, I've accomplished a lot of the things that I wanted to on the track. So, you know, I think some people would be like, oh, why don't you try the 10K or, or you know, I've been successful in the five, so why wouldn't I just maybe go to the five? Um, but for me, it's like if, if I'm not being competitive at a level where I'm making, you know, world championship or Olympic finals in that event, and that's like, you know, I, obviously the, the 10K is a straight final. But, um, you know, I just – you know, I, I don't want to do this forever as much as I love it. So, you know, um, you know, hopefully doing this steeple next year in Eugene and then, you know, giving the marathon a real shot while, while I'm able to, rather than, rather than only do this, do the marathon when I can't do anything else, you know, I'd, I'd like to capitalize on, you know, being young enough to really give, really give the marathon a real shot when I'm, when I'm willing and able to. Well, you know, I have to say, um, first of all, as a fan, that's super exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. But also take a look at your group right now. That oh, seems like a great idea. You know, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, you know, Patty's there and, uh, you, you know, with, with Dave as your coach and no, it's, it's just, uh, no, that, that's, that, that's a great idea. And I, I'm, I'm excited to, to see, uh, you know, what, what you can do with that. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like, obviously Dave's coached some marathoners before and, you know, having guys to lean on like Patty and Kyle that, you know, run a bunch of marathons and have that experience. And yeah, it'd be, like I said, a, a definitely something I want to do before I don't feel like I can be competitive anymore. So. All right. Well, before that happens, we have the Olympic games, but you're going to, you're going to catch a, catch a flight in a couple hours to, uh, to head off to, to Europe and, also very excited to, to see what you can do there. Uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad I could uh, could catch you just before you you took off uh, to do that. So best of luck in in, in that, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the Olympic Games this year, man. Really excited for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. No, thanks a lot. Big, big thanks to Matt for chatting before he took off. And it's really good to hear him at the place that he's at right now. I just know listening to him, he's going to do some really great things this year. If you like the show, follow our socials at The Terminal Mile and tell a couple track buds about us as well, too. We're on all the big podcatchers, YouTube and tracky.ca. My name is Michael Rokas. This is The Terminal Mile, and I want you to support your local Twilight.